Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. And we're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. And welcome into Grapple Talk, ladies and gents. I am Nick Ragnar, joined by Jesse Von Ruden. You've hey, got a, how's it you going? you got a nice little uh, breakfast. you got Sprite and Pop-Tarts. Yeah, you know, um, it's way too early on a Thursday. <laughs> Usually we do this on a, like a Monday, you know, and just our schedule this week was pretty hectic, so here we are on a Thursday, you know, which is like, I you know, that could be my prototypical sleep-in day, but here we are. Yeah, yeah. We, we're here right now. I mean, I have a meeting at 8.30. Yeah. So uh, I got stuff going on early in the morning. Later uh-huh. in the day, I don't, but then I'm doing play-by-play for KQEG. That you are, that you are. And, like, okay, so who's on your team tonight? Like, All that I know is that uh, John, the camera guy, and then I asked Rick because he had said that mm-hmm. he's going to try to get Zach to be color. And then uh, – Well, like, Zach really can't, like, on Thursdays, you know? Yep, like, so then yeah. I was like, okay. And then I was like, I don't mind doing the game alone, but I was like, well, uh-huh. do I have a color guy? And he's like, well, I'm going to try to get hold of Dan. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right. You know, that'd be interesting, but yeah. I haven't heard anything, so I don't know if Dan's on board. I don't know either. Um, I know Rick is out of the offense till like, at least three. He's got a bunch of Mardi Gras stuff going on. Oh, yeah, so that's it's right. It's like, you know, using a new Rex, you know, which is it's a trip. The guy's yeah, the ego Rex. was already big enough, and now it's, like, huge. It's inflated. You can't really get him, like, outside the door. Yeah. You know, he's, like, banging his head. He's like, meh, meh. I'm the Rex. I'm the Rex now. Heal my big, me. Yeah, my big yellow suit. Yeah, you know, so, so that's kind of interesting. But you got to be careful with John, all right? I'm going to tell you why. So last week, Thursday, they're out doing that on Alaska boys game, right? I think it was on Alaska Aquinas boys. And it's him, Carl, and Dave, right? Yeah. So like three, you know, pretty decent dudes. You know what the hell is going on? You think? Um, apparently, because like Rick, for whatever apparent reason, he is always big on setting up everything for the Ustream before like, you know, he sends out everyone. Well, he sent them up both on game one. So you were on game one, and they were on game one. Oh, you no. Know? So the second you guys go live, it kicked them off. And they weren't oh. – and then no one, like, no one caught on, like, hey, you know, we need to go over to game two to actually stream this. But that wasn't the worst part. This well, is the worst it part. It gets worse. All right, so we use these cameras here at the station. Yeah. These Panasonics. Yeah. And they got a front mic and a rear mic, right? Yeah. So what we always do is we plug in a mic cord from an like a soundboard that we're using like right now, the yep. same exact one. Yep. What we do is we run an XLR into the back of that. Yep. So you got to make sure that either it's in channel one or channel two, right? Yep. And it's got to be set to rear. Yep. So they had it plugged into channel one. But it was set to front. It was set to front. The whole game was on ambient mic like that. Oh, my God. Yeah, no shit. So what, you didn't get any? No. You got nothing. We got, we got, we got, basically we... Imagine recording audio in a very cavernous gym, and even though these two guys are, like, really right next to the camera, like, you can't hear anything. So, well, like, during the pregame, the band is playing. You hear, like, the band. Because, like, those, the ambient mics on these Panasonics, what they do is they pick up the loudest thing, and then it goes down to the quietest thing. So if you're talking like this, you know, doing play-by-play with your headsets on and stuff like that, and you're literally sitting next to the camera... This is what you're going to get. Was John not wearing headphones? Like, did he not check in that or what? No, apparently John, uh, for whatever apparent reason, he said he was having difficulty hearing with the headphones. Okay. So I don't know if he thought, hey, I'm going to switch it to the front so I could actually hear it. That's interesting. Yeah, which is weird because, like, I never got a phone call. Rick never got a phone call about yeah. that at all. And it's like, guys, you know, we – each one of you guys, like more than likely, Dave and Carl got paid like the talent fee, yep. so that's like seventy bucks right there. John probably worked four hours, so that's you like, got paid whatever to basically not get yeah. anything. So we didn't have a game air, so we lost whatever revenue we lost on that. Oh my god! And it's uh, on Alaska and Aquinas. Good game. Good game. Plus a lot of sponsors on that one. Plus we had we we're out like a hundred bucks or not, like give or take, you know, on just like talent and camera operator. Oh my god! So. The worst part was I was about to work on the game, and I'm like, hey, Rick, I can't do anything with this. Oh, my God. It would be embarrassing if we actually aired this. He's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, sit and listen to it. <sighs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. So we haven't seen John since, you know? So, like, he was supposed to come in. Like, he texted me yesterday. He was working MC, and he's like, hey, I'm going to come in early. I'm like, all right, well, you know, like, five is probably the earliest you can come in. Motherfucker, it's like 530. I'm like, hey, man, I thought you were coming in early. He's like, oh, I fell asleep and took a nap. Huh? I just woke up five minutes so ago. So he's not coming in early? No. So I'm like, hey, dude, I'm leaving. Like, I had plans. I'm not going to sit around here to chew out your ass. Yeah. You know? 
because like you know I I, I can chew out some ass. Yeah, like, trust me. Yeah, you can chew ass. I can cut a fucking promo on oh, okay. people, you know. But it's one of those things where it was just like it's it's very non professional. Yeah, and it's like we still had three people out there, like two who run camera, and one that's like you know it does a lot of setup work. Yeah, and it's like for whatever apparent reason. No one used deductive reasoning on this, and yeah. like I, I have no clue. I have no clue. That's really surprising, actually. That sucks. Yeah, it is what it is, man. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, you know, it's a roundabout way of talking about WrestleMania, you know, because like <laughs> we're gonna do something different this week, you know. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the world of wrestling right now, but like at the same time, there really isn't because all eyes are on WrestleMania. Yeah, thing. that's kind of how it actually is. You know, New Japan's had a couple of shows here and there, and they have some really exciting things happening. And yeah. uh, you know, the Indies have some good things going on too, brother, brother, brother. But uh, dude, <laughs> dude. But um, but yeah, you know, we were kind of came in today, and you know, like typically, as you mentioned, we do these on Mondays. And we were like, well, what do you want to talk about today? And it's like, honestly, dude, we're kind of in full swing of WrestleMania, and we felt it'd be the perfect opportunity because a lot of stuff hasn't been announced yet. Like, aside from one of the matches, we still don't really know what we're getting at Mania. So maybe this is the perfect opportunity for us to do our way, way, way too early WrestleMania preview. Preview, preview, preview. Yeah, so I think what we're going to do today is actually we're just going to discuss what's happening in the world of WWE and uh, where we think they might go between now and uh, April whatever it is. Oh, uh, it's like 8th. 8th? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah week like after the, Easter. The week after Easter. Easter falls on April Fool's Day this year, so that's uh, pretty poetic. Yes. You know, that's just the way it goes. Um, yeah, so basically kind of think about this as a mock draft for the NFL. Ooh, okay. We don't really know where people are going to fall into position when it comes into the card, but we kind of got some general idea who's going to be, you know, like on top. Yeah. You know, who's going to be the opener and yeah. stuff like that. So what we're going to kind of do is kind of fill in the pieces. So yeah. like, do we want to start right on top of the card or should we start with the pre-pre-show? I think we start on the top of the card because then we kind of get rid of some of the names. All right, right cool. But there's one thing that I want to ask yes. right off the bat, and this is kind of middle of the card. All or right. maybe it is top of the card. I have no idea how they're going to book this year. Okay. okay, here we go. Ready? Uh-huh. Are you ready for me? Yes. What are they going to do with Ronda Rousey? You know, that's a fair question. You know, they came out recently, I think there was some sort of an article on Stephanie McMahon really hyping up Ronda Rousey as the next big star in WWE, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty... I mean, it's, I mean, you read that, you're like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, I watched her ESPN interview uh-huh. where she was kind of discussing WWE and, and possibly going back to MMA. She was very... Uh, just vague about the idea about sometime fighting again. I don't know if she has it in her, but who knows? I mean, if you get like an all-time high at wrestling, you know, in front of a crowd of seventy thousand people at WrestleMania, maybe you're kind of like, I could probably fight again. I mean, yeah. we've seen Brock Lesnar do it countless times. Um, but it sounds like, you know, again, based on reports and based on what she said on ESPN, she's in this for the long haul. She's going to be a full-time superstar. She's going to be working probably house shows. And uh, she's going to be, you know, on Raw every week and or SmackDown or whatever they decide to do there. But it kind of brings the question, what are they going to do at Mania? Because right now, with how they have set up the the Raw women's title, Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to see her somehow slipping her way in because you have the Elimination Chamber match. Now Nia Jax is kind of getting thrown into the mix by taking on Asuka. She wins. She's in the Mania match. So how does Ronda fit into all of this? Is she going to be on SmackDown? Um, That's, I think, a very fair question to ask because when when you think of Ronda Rousey, you know, you got to look at it this way. In a lot of ways, this is the biggest signing for WWE since they got Hulk Hogan back in '84. It really is. Now it people really are gonna is. people are gonna laugh at you for saying that. Yeah, they might. You what know do what? you say to those fuckers? Fuck them. Think about this. <laughs> all right. So Ronda Rousey is arguably the most recognizable MMA fighter, right next to Conor McGregor. Yeah, I think so. All right. She's the most recognizable female athlete on the planet. She yeah. Comes, she comes with a lot of buzz, and at the same time, though, coming a lot of buzz, you get a lot of detractors. I know a lot of people right away were like. Eh, come on, it's Ronda Rousey. Eh, she's stealing the spotlight from everyone. Bullshit. Who gives a shit? Here's what she's doing. She's not stealing the spotlight. She's magnifying the yes. spotlight on this division. Because if you look at the roster right now, it is a fairly talented card. Uh, talented roster, pardon me. I don't know why I said card. But um, because we saw that highlighted in that Rumble match. Absolutely. A lot of people thought that Rumble match was going to be the hot fucking steaming mess. Ended up being one of the more enjoyable matches yeah. on the show. Absolutely. Um, I think with like Ronda Rousey, like what one of the things you got to remember though is currently right now she is not seasoned, so you might want to try to protect her the best you can. So I don't know if that might necessarily be giving her a Mania spot. She might be at Mania. I think maybe like you want to go with her as a special guest referee right away. Really? 
Yeah, why not? Because if you think about it, so if you're doing the Elimination Chamber, you know, um, Bliss is defending her title in that chamber, which is different than what the male, you know, Elimination Chamber is going to end up being, but that's just a different story for a different time. But, you know, at the same time, though, you also still have, like, the SmackDown title. It's up in, up in the air. You don't really know what you're doing there. Um, I think it just makes sense because then uh, you can keep her in the spotlight. You can highlight her. And then you already have a ready-made feud. Yeah. So, like, if you do it where like, the heel of the face thinks that Ronda, like, cost her the match, you got a built-in feud for SummerSlam. And you give her enough time to really put in the reps. You know, because, like, if you want to put her in a house show loop, that's great. But as of right now, we're probably like what fifty nine days away from Mania, yep. maybe a little bit less than that. Um, that's not a whole lot of house show dates, and they're not even advertising her yet for house shows. If they were advertising her for they a house would, show, yeah. they would right away because yep. that's going to move fucking tickets. Yep. So maybe keep her as a special guest referee right now, and then what you do is like that post WrestleMania, put her on those house show loops, see what you really got. Because if push comes to shove, you can always send her back down to NXT for a season, even then bring her back up to main roster. Man, I just I don't know because she came out there. She pointed at the sign like sixteen times, and uh, you know she said she's coming for the championship. And you know right now I feel like the SmackDown Women's Championship just has no steam. And it actually makes a lot of sense to put her up against Charlotte because Charlotte can protect her a little bit. I think it'd be that a fun it'd be a fun match. You know Charlotte can like oversell like holy shit I'm fighting an actor. Like you know she punches <laughs> her once she's like oh my god. Um, but I don't know if I can see WWE necessarily putting one of their biggest signees ever on SmackDown because we know how, at the end of the day, how Vince feels about both shows. We know how uh, Triple H and Steph feel about both shows. I mean, it's all about Raw, even though they probably have arguably their best worker and AJ Styles on SmackDown. Um, But, uh, you know, I don't know. I think it'll be really interesting to see where they go with that. I do think, you know, it's starting to look like we are going to get – Oscar versus I I don't know. I have no idea where they're going to go with it. But anyways, let's start at the yeah, top yeah, of the yeah. card, okay? So the main uh-huh. event of the evening is unfortunately most likely not going to be AJ Nakamura. I think what we're going to get actually let's just talk about let's break it down to titles because otherwise okay. we're going to be all over the place. Yeah. Universal Championship. Okay. I'm I am have been an advocate for this for months now. I am 1 million percent certain it's going to be Brock and Roman. I'm so certain about that. So right now, <clears throat> right now in Raw, they're doing Elimination Chamber qualifying matches, yes. right? So who is actually in the chamber right now? So we've got Elias Sampson. Okay. We've got John Cena. Okay. We've got Roman Reigns. Okay. That's all that I know. So we got those three, and we still have three more to go. Yeah, sure. Maybe they figured that out last Raw. I have no idea. All right. So I take it like the Miz was already in the qualifying match? Miz was in a qualifying match, yes. And he lost. Same with um, Finn Balor? Finn Balor did lose. Okay. Um, I take it like Bray Wyatt lost, too. Bray Wyatt did lose. Okay, so do you put Seth Rollins in that match? I mean, I don't know what, why you wouldn't. I don't know that Seth Rollins has anything better to do now that Jason Jordan's apparently on the shelf. Yeah, I know. Go figure. You know, it's like uh, maybe it's something with the uh, angle genetics where those neck injuries kind of like <laughs> creep up on you. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting. So the winner of that matchup will be taking on Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. You're really 100% convinced that it's going to be Roman Reigns. I am. I'm, it, it just, it, again, the story in itself, and I'm not even mad about it. The story in itself, um, that's the story that apparently, you know, it needs to be told. We talked about this a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. You mentioned with Reigns not getting his comeuppance on Brock Lesnar because Seth Rollins came and cashed in. Yeah. You know, this is Reigns' opportunity to really shine and, um, and yeah, be the guy that finally dethrones an impossible and an seemingly impossible opponent in Brock Lesnar yeah because at the end of the day it is all about building the company around Roman and he has in my opinion proven that he can at least he can hold him he can hold his own I mean in the ring he's having the best matches on Raw the best matches on WWE TV every single week and uh you know he's getting better on the mic and I think this is his opportunity to take the belt post mania and just kind of see what he can do with it now is it going to be dull like it was after he beat Triple H and then all that, you know, he got injured or whatever the fuck happened? I don't know. That's that's something that uh, mm-hmm. needs to be seen, but it kind of comes down to how the writers uh, build this guy up post the biggest, you know, main event that he'll probably ever be in. Yeah, that's definitely true. You know, so if you're going that route, that leaves a guy like Braun Strowman on the outside looking in. So what do you do with Strowman? Well, here you go. You've got Braun Strowman, uh-huh. Elias, John Cena, Roman Reigns. The Miz is actually confirmed for the chamber. Okay. And the last participant we do not have yet. So, so um, is Elimination Chamber in like two weeks then? The Elimination Chamber is... Why you got to be asking me these questions? Like well, on you the, know, dude, you got, you got, you got the cell phone. February 20th. Fifth. Okay, so yeah, it's like in a couple weeks. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know what you do with Braun Strowman there because I think that the hot rumor is that uh, you'll have Braun and Triple H. I yeah. think that makes a little bit of sense. They really set that up at Survivor Series. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, what Triple H has been doing for the past couple of years, aside from that whole Sting debacle, is he basically puts over other talent. Yeah. And Braun Strowman's the perfect guy to do that because, well, Braun Strowman will probably literally kill him. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he'll be, he'll get, you know, he'll look like a fool in doing so. And uh, that seems exactly like the type of storyline that Triple H has been doing for, again, the past couple of years. Um, so, I think that's a pretty good possibility that we're going to get that. I don't unless they I mean I can't I can't see anything better for for Braun at this moment. Um aside from that because I, I you look up and down the roster unless they're going to bring a, a celebrity in for him to fuck around with, I think that that <laughs> I think this makes the most sense. Yeah, the only other thing that would make sense for Strowman might be Cena. Yeah. You know, but you know, if they're going to do the rumored Cena Taker match, which is still, you know, Still very much like a rumored match. We don't want to say it's confirmed or anything like that. Because, like, you know, there, there's something to be said about bringing back Taker after last year. We yeah. had that very symbolic, you know, send-off, stuff like that. Um, I do like the the Strowman, you know, Triple H matchup because, like, you know, last year you did have Seth Rollins and you did have Triple H and you had that the Keenslayer, eh, you know, <laughs> like – um, this could really be one of those matchups where if you want to put a sacrificial lamb and really kind of put Strowman over, then like Triple H with his caveat of what he's done there for the last like 25 years, like that could be a really big thing to do if you want to go that route, which, you know, is a possibility if they want to decide to go that route. Mm-hmm. Now with AJ and Nakamura, we still have Fastlane come up. Um, it's pretty much like put in paper, like a set in stone that this is going to be the matchup. The question is, it's going to be for... It's definitely probably going to be for the title. So if you're on SmackDown and you still have, like, shit, like, eight weeks, like, how do you, like, not telegraph this? I don't know. I think that's pretty difficult, and I think that's one reason as to why, you know, <laughs> I would love it if they were like, hey, okay, Nakamura, you're going to win, uh-huh. and then say that you're going to go after the WWE Championship. And he's like, I choose AJ Styles. And they're like, motherfucker. All right, well, I guess because maybe they were trying to be like, well, at least if he just says WWE Championship or SmackDown or something, then it's like, like, well, at least we can kind of not telegraph that it's for sure going to be AJ. But um, I don't think that there's a way that you can. And honestly, I think that's that's kind of okay because, again, this is a match that a lot of us from the outside looking in that have watched these guys in Japan that know what they can do, that have been just waiting for this this Nakamura to show up. We This is the match that we want. This is the match that's going to get us excited. This is the match that might actually have people that don't have the WWE Network right now purchase the network to, to mm-hmm. find all this content that they're going to get leading up to Styles and Nakamura or simply to tune into SmackDown on Tuesdays to see how they're going to build up to this match, right? Yeah. So um, so I think I think it's a it's a good marketing <coughs> ploy for uh, people that are really interested in this match. Um, and I think it's the opportunity to see can Nakamura hold his own in building up to a, a, a big main event at WrestleMania because I think right now one of the things that – uh, we have all questions about is if Nakamura does take the title from AJ at WrestleMania, can he go forward as the face of the company? Can he go forward in building big angles around? And that's exactly what they're doing right now. They're not giving him an opportunity to kind of be on the back burner and watch uh-huh. as the WWE Championship, you know, gets figured out. He's he's right there. He's already made his his challenge, and we're going to see how that uh, plays out over the next whatever it is six weeks. Yeah, it should be interesting. Now there there's a lot of detractors based on like. Whether or not, like, you know, Nakamura is actually, uh, like, motivated. Like, yeah. how can he not be motivated for an opportunity to wrestle AJ Styles at WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. going to be the biggest crowd that I think uh, Nakamura has ever wrestled in front of. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it is really exciting. But I think, man, at the same time, we have to temper our expectations just a little bit. Because, again, yep. you look at the style um, from New Japan to WWE – and we got a little bit of that in NXT during that Sami Zayn match, but I just think if you if you go back and you watch the AJ and Nakamura match from Wrestle Kingdom, there's a lot of stuff in that match that you're just not going to see in WWE for multiple reasons. So I think we have to temper our expe- uh, uh, us that like the New Japan style yeah. have to temper our expectations a little bit. But I do think that there's a good shot that the match is going to be fantastic and it's going to get a lot of people to go, "Oh, that Nakamura guy is actually really fucking good." But mm-hmm. I guess uh, only time will tell for that. All right, cool. So we should probably move down the card a little bit more. We did talk about Charlotte. We did talk about Ronda Rousey. 
We talked a little bit about the Raw women's title. We talked a little bit about Asuka. You know, she's got Nia Jax coming up here. You know, that's that's probably going to be one of those matchups just to keep the intrigue going on because, like, you know, you're really kind of investing a lot of time here in Asuka, you know, especially winning the Rumble and stuff like that. And it would – I don't know. Like, you already kind of built up the winner of the Rumble being, like, the one. So, like, that, that match afterwards is always kind of like that filler match, just build up some intrigue to see if they actually yep. will stick there. Uh, because otherwise, if you're going to just put Nia Jax in that situation, then you should have just had Nia Jax win the Rumble. Exactly. And I think uh, it should – this is this is where things get kind of interesting, right? Because yeah. you've got Alexa Bliss, Bailey, uh-huh. Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Sonya Deville, and Sasha Banks in this WWE uh, Raw Women's uh, Championship match in the Elimination Chamber. And you kind of look down the list of names and you kind of go, okay, well, what are they going to do – with Asuka. I mean, with Sasha Banks, you know, maybe getting the W here and you have that little rematch from the match they had on Raw where Which Sasha was almost, very fantastic yeah, match. Where Sasha almost died like six times. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's a different story that you can tell leading up. Maybe Sasha gets her edge back. Maybe she turns heel so it becomes kind of a different dynamic. Um, because realistically to me, that's the only thing that you can really do here because Alexa Bliss got her ass kicked by Asuka. Bailey to me is just in no way shape or form. Yeah, she's in... kind of like in no no Bailey land right now. Yeah, she's in no Bailey land. I mean, they had a great match uh back uh NXT Takeover a couple of times, but I again, I don't I don't see how you can build that up because Bailey is just in the middle of nowhere and then Mandy Rose uh, Sonya Deville still a little too green probably for that WrestleMania big moment, and Mickey James. Um, I think it'd be interesting, but again, similar to Bailey, it just she just seems like she's kind of there. She's there to be the veteran presence in that match, right? So, to me, the the thing that makes the most sense would be maybe a Sasha Banks, you know, big heel turn, and then her and her and Oscar go one on one at Mania. That makes the most sense to me, um, but. I don't know, and I, don't, I won't lie to you. I mean, I think you're right about Nia Jax, but if you really want to throw a wrench into things, um, I could see, you know, trying to get Nia involved. Maybe maybe Nia is the perfect uh, women's wrestler right now to end Asuka's undefeated streak, you know? Maybe. I don't know. I, I still think, oh, geez, you know. You you kind of you kind of like the the idea of the first ever women's Royal Rumble winner to go on to having a yes, singles match because at Mania. why, if, why go through it otherwise? Yeah. Why go through it otherwise? Because if you just throw in a monkey wrench, be like, oh, we got to keep them guessing. It's like, no, you fucking ruined that historic <laughs> moment right there. Yeah. And well, I guess we'll, we'll we'll see exactly what they do. I mean, who the fuck knows? Maybe they'll uh, have Ronda Rousey and be like, you know what? Ronda Rousey is going to fucking fight the champion the night after the Elimination Chamber. <laughs> and then she'll beat the fuck out of him, get the win, and then we're going to get... It just seems like, you know, during yeah. the Ronda's interaction with Asuka when they, during the Rumble, they were telegraphing that something, something was going to happen yeah. between Asuka and Ronda at some point. Well, you know? it's like, uh, you know, it's the old prison mentality. You know, you go to prison, you got to pick the fight with the biggest, baddest dude. Right. So, you know, she picked a fight with Asuka. Yeah, I mean, then that's... You know? I guess we'll see how they how they decide to go. In your opinion, what's what do you, what do you think makes the most sense? Um, you know, honestly, man, this could sound crazy, but I'm kind of digging Sasha Banks winning the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, they're I don't know. It seemed like they really kind of put the rocket back on her, and this is like the perfect time. It feels like the perfect time. Her character feels fresh for the first time in a long time. Um, like Bliss, like. She's really she's good. She's really coming to her own. But at the same time, though, it seems like she's been floating in that same spot. Yep. You know, and you don't really know necessarily what they're gonna do with like mixed match challenge or something like that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just there's a part of me that says like Banks would be the smart idea, but I could see doing Alexa Bliss Oscar again. Yeah, and the reason why you probably do it again is just. You can save Banks for after Mania. Sure. Yeah, that would make sense. And plus, with Sasha Banks, you give her the belt here, and then you basically have a one-month feud, and you take it off her again. But we've seen in the past, WWE is kind of known for hot potatoing that women's championship until it gets to its ultimate destination. So I think what we will see, making a preliminary um, uh, prediction, I do think that we are going to see Asuka walk out as a women's champ. Who's going to beat her? 
I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I have no idea when she's going to lose. Yeah. This, this might be a thing. This, honestly, Jesse, we all know how much the WWE loves records. Yep. Who the fuck knows? Maybe they're going to give her the championship, and she's going to hold on to it for like 15 fucking years. And that's going to be like, <laughs> that is the most ridiculous reign that we've ever seen yeah, in wrestling. Yeah, she defends it every week on Raw. It might, honestly, it yeah. might happen. Yeah, I have no idea. I, sometimes I think that's cool, right? How long did Bruno San Martino hold the, the WWE championship? It was for like 10 years? a very years? long time. Very it was like long 10, time. 10 yep. years or something like that? Like, think about how just wacky that would be nowadays. <laughs> like, think about it. Think of, like, Brock Lesnar in, like, eight years was still the universal champion. Oh, He'd man, be like, be great. You're like, what the fuck, man? Oh, here's, here's Grandpa Lesnar. Grandpa <laughs> Lesnar. You know, but. That's funny. All right, cool. So, working down the card. SmackDown you, Championship. SmackDown Championship. Where do you go here? You know, that's a good question. So, right now, currently, Charlotte is your reigning defending champion. Um it doesn't seem like there's anything really going no. on over there. Right. Um, you do have Fastlane coming up, so more than likely Charlotte will be defending her title there, and you probably end up having like a number one contenders match somehow, some way, maybe like a scramble match or something like that. Um, I don't know. I, I think the only person with any type of momentum over there might very well be Charlotte. Yeah. You know, like Becky Lynch does have a little bit of momentum, um, but a lot of that was just her rumble showing. Yep. Um, the only other person you could probably put in that spot would might be like Nikki Bella. Yeah. You know, like, that wouldn't be, like, a bad idea there. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, if you want to go that round of Rousey Charlotte route, like, that's another good opportunity to do it there as well. But then if you tip your hat with that, you can't really do anything with Ronda Rousey on Roth. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, I think that this will be a really – maybe maybe one of the things that, that WWE is looking at is the fact that you, you have Asuka on Raw. Maybe you do put Ronda on SmackDown to kind of keep them separate because uh-huh. then you don't have to worry about – because. It's similar to, you know, like like how NXT is just overburdened with all these phenomenal talents that they'd like to keep looking really strong. But it's like when you have so many great talents, at some point, somebody has to lose. You know, yeah. at some point, somebody has to do the job. And with WWE, I'm not sure that they're ready to do that with either Asuka or Ronda yet. Yeah. So maybe what you do do is, well, we already have Asuka on SmackDown. Let's throw Ronda on uh, Raw. Or... Here's the other thing. Uh-huh. Maybe what they do because Asuka never decided which title she's going to go for. Maybe Asuka. That's true. Maybe Asuka goes to SmackDown and Ronda comes to Raw, and now Ronda faces off against one of these women that wins the Elimination Chamber, and then all of a sudden you have a fresh matchup there. Although I will say, currently on the roster, I do think if there's going to be anybody that you want to put Ronda against in her first match, it would probably either be Charlotte. <coughs> For protection purposes, uh-huh. or like a Nia Jax, I think I think like a Nia Jax Ronda match actually makes a little bit of sense too, because then yep. you know there's not it's not as technical. It's probably more like a, a brawl than anything, and it obviously would tell the story then of of, of Ronda beating Nia Jax. I, I went back and watched the uh, Floyd Mayweather and Big Show match from yeah, WrestleMania. It's actually pretty good. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, actually pretty I, good. I don't think I'd yeah. ever watched it before, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is probably gonna suck. And I was like, dude, this is actually a pretty solid yeah, matchup for a really guy good. that's just a boxer. Yeah. And that's kind of how I would maybe envision the the Jackson-Ronda match to go. But, you know, when you look at this, I think there's a couple of different options, I think, um, that you can make right now. You have plenty of time. I think a Becky Lynch and Charlotte main event makes a little bit of sense. I think, you know, throwing... Bailey over. Maybe have Bailey come over and reinvent herself on SmackDown also makes sense. Otherwise, yeah, I think uh, keeping Ronda and Asuka separate makes a lot of sense. So whatever mm-hmm. brand Asuka's going to be on, you throw Ronda on the other and have her dominate on that side. Um, you know, that's going to get more eyes on your on SmackDown television uh, because we know Raw is, it, Raw is Raw. Raw is always going to be Raw. And you have Ronda on SmackDown. Maybe that helps with the ratings a little bit. Now you got two A shows opposed to an A and a B show. I don't know. I think it'll be really interesting. I don't really have a prediction there. There's just so many different routes they can go and so many yeah. different routes that they can't go. So so that's always kind of very much like, you know, the middle rounds of the uh, NFL draft. You know, it's like it's very much what makes sense. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing we haven't talked about okay. yet. What, it, what are we doing with Cena? Is Taker coming back? Here's the thing that I've been uh-huh. actually hearing a lot of that I think makes a, a lot of sense. Okay. And you know what? We're not going to have any breaks during this show. Fuck that. <laughs> here's one thing that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. To me, is that, you know, John Cena apparently has been going through this thing where he's like, I need to be on WrestleMania. I need to be on WrestleMania. I, I haven't lost my passion. You know, he's telling people, um, I don't know if you heard about this, but apparently on the, um, it was after the Finn Balor match in Philly when he, he won the opportunity to go to the Elimination Chamber, you know, 
people have been saying, well, he looked kind of off during that match. Like, it looked like the crowd was actually bothering him. Yeah. Um, and then, apparently, after Raw went off air, he grabbed the mic, and he's like, you know, I'm just going to let all you guys know that, you know, you you guys got to me. He's, he said something like, you know, I, I, I felt, uh, you know, honestly kind of disrespected, and he, like, went on a ramble about how really? the crowd got to him and how it made him, you know, how uh, everybody thinks that he's not, in, in this for wrestling anymore he's just in it for the the fame and he's like no that's not how it is but anyways it kind of tells the story i think a little bit here because i don't think jesus christ i mean john cena was like the most hated dude by men ages 18 to 34 for like the past 15 years yeah so how is it now just getting so to me it's obviously an angle right yeah, yeah and you look yeah. at that and you say okay we're not gonna i don't think we're gonna get seen in brocket mania so he's not gonna make it to mania so then Okay, he's gonna be like, I need to get to Mania. Well, how do you get to Mania if you don't have a championship match? Yeah. You challenge the Undertaker, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's maybe what we get. I don't know. That might be how they're working towards it. Undertaker's not gonna wear his fucking gloves, apparently. Oh, really? I mean, that's what you saw at the <laughs> Raw anniversary. He came out and he wasn't wearing his fighting gloves because he left them in the ring. Oh, jeez. He's not wearing fighting gloves anymore. Well, he's not wearing a hat either, right? He's I guess he's not wearing a hat anymore. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So he's just like a hooded guy now. He's a hooded guy. So he's kind of like uh, like Mark Hamill in uh, Last Jedi. Now, what do you think about that yeah. though? Let, let's talk about that because we we as people from Wisconsin, you got the Green Bay Packer hat. Yeah, yeah. We'd seen it so many times with Brett Favre. Right. It got to a point where you know he's crying. I'm leaving football. I can't. I, I can't do this anymore. I love the. I love Green Bay or whatever. And we're yeah, like, yeah. and we, I, I remember, dude. I was in fucking school. Yep. And I, I think it was like English class. Like it wasn't even a class that pertained to football at all. And that's what they were talking about. They put no. The teacher pulled the fucking video up. What? Yeah, we watched the Brett Favre retirement fucking press conference <laughs> in English class in high school, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, it's so sad. Oh my gosh." And when you know, what does Brett Favre do? It's I'm gonna a- play for the Jets. Yeah. You know. I'm going to retire. Nope. I'm going to go play for the Vikings. Psych. For like two years, right? Everybody's like, when is he going to fucking retire? It got to the point now where he's now, people are making jokes about his ass. You know, years later, it's like, are you going to call Brett Favre? Are you going to call 50-year-old Brett Favre to play? This motherfucker won't retire. He's become a meme. Is Undertaker going to become a meme? I mean, Uh, let's be honest, dude. Like, there's, there's been year after year where like, okay, that's probably, yeah, you don't have to come back. You're, you're good. And he's like, I... Will not rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's going to come back after what was like a monumental main event, right? Where he yeah. like left his shit in the ring. I just spit everywhere. Yeah, he did. He was like crying. Uh-huh. And then he does this vague ass promo on Raw 25 where it's like, what did that mean? I don't know. What are we getting? I don't know. You know, I kind of like the idea of, like, okay, let's say Cena loses the Elimination Chamber. He's kind of up in the air. You know, he's wondering if it's his time or something like that to hand it up. And maybe you have, like, the gong go off. Place goes black. Here's Taker up on the ramp. Looks at him. Looks at John. Points at the fucking sign. Crowd pops. And then there you go. You got a mid, mid-card, mid you know, like, fucking main event. Or you got a match that you can put on towards the end of the show. Is that the end of the show? Or is that? Ah, oh, man. I don't know. If... You're hoping that the end of the show is going to be, you know, you're very much your crowning achievement. Then I don't, I don't see it being the end of the show. Do you think? Do you think that it, it's just bothersome at all the way that Undertaker left last year's Mania, and then, Dude, he, just, then, and then, and then he just shows up and he's like, just kidding. Well, it was kind of like, uh, like Hogan did the same thing at eight. You know, he really kind of teased his retirement, ended up leaving, came back at nine, won the title. Yeah, and he was gone that summer. Yeah, you know, so I mean. What do you think? What do you think uh, about? What do you think about uh, Cena losing the chamber and he's left in the ring and all of a sudden it's like keep rolling, 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 <laughs> rolling. And Taker comes out on his bike and he's like, oh, man. "I've decided to change my ways, boy." <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you can bring back the American badass. Oh, no, you can. Booger, you can't bring back Booger Red. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like it, it makes sense to have like a Cena Taker match. Um, I, I still think it doesn't have the relevance that it would have yes. like a few years ago. Right. And I, I think you and me have been on this podcast for the last couple of years talking about that, where it's like, that's a big money match. How did they miss that? And how how the hell do we miss that when they're both in their primes? I understand that like Cena is on Raw and like Taker was on SmackDown, but even after that triple triple H main event, you know, the second one, the hell in the cell, like why couldn't you do Cena Taker at that point? I don't know. 
I, and that's one of the biggest questions. It's like, you know, I, I, I understand the the stories they were trying to tell with Brock Lesnar being this unbeatable force. Yeah, and... but, like, still, though, I mean, what? They ended up finishing up the Triple H story at 28? Yeah, right. Yeah, you still had a fucking WrestleMania in between there. Yeah, you did. Fucking A. Who did he wrestle at 29? I don't know. Let's, uh, let's bring it up on the old Google machine. 29. Was that Bray Wyatt? No, he, he so, said Oh, CM Punk. CM Punk, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. And that was more or less because they were like, uh, you're not going to be in the main CM Punk, so we'll try to give you the next best thing. Yeah, even though, like, okay, okay, like, take or punk, if it would have been streak versus streak, would have been better. Yes. Yeah. That would have been a great match because, again, then you look at, and it, 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 it depends on how you're telegraphing it because that was yep. Rock Cena 2 and that was for the belt that year. Yep. And it was like this, man, you know, it was like they were trying to do the WrestleMania 18 thing with Rock and Hogan, but it's like, dude, Cena's been on top for, like, 15 fucking years. Like, yeah. he doesn't need the... He doesn't need Rock's, the rock Rock's passing the torch to him? What? Yeah. Dude, he's been on top for like 15 fucking <laughs> yeah, years. No shit. No shit. But uh, that, was, that was like six years ago, so I'm not going to fucking worry about that. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's it'll wow, be interesting. Holy shit, that was six years ago already? It's probably longer ago. I don't even fucking know. It's like five. Holy shit. It's like five. Shit. Yeah, isn't that weird? Wow. But, uh, but yeah, you look at Cena Taker. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, all I can imagine is like Taker coming down with a walker. Like he just, <laughs> looks, he just looks old. He looked old. He does. You know, yeah. he's enjoying his time on the ranch with Michelle it? McCool. Michelle McCool. That's yeah. his fucking wife. That's his wife. <laughs> Michelle Taker? <laughs> I don't I don't think that's her last name is Taker. Oh, you don't think she took his what, last what name? If, what if he took her last name? Under, under Undertaker Ma- Undertaker under, McCool. Under McCool. <laughs> under McCool. It sounds kind of like uh, a guy uh, a race car on cars, like Lightning McQueen's friend, Under McCool. Yeah, so he's like, what kind of car would that be? It'd be a hearse. <laughs> <laughs> no, so just one of those things. It's fucking that was the dumbest conversation we've ever had. <laughs> That's saying a lot. That's so what? So what are some things that we're gonna get on the undercard? Okay, so we talked about the we talked about the main show. I think we've we've hammered out a couple of potential matchups. You look at the the undercard. So now let's let's look at some of the top talent and where they might fit in. So All we right. have. Oh, I think one of the things okay. that we might have to talk about is two hundred five live. Yes, because of everything that happened with Enzo and like this uh, reestablishing of the brand, um, almost went to like a cruiserweight classic type of mold. Now they got a tournament; the winners gonna be crowned at WrestleMania. Does that match actually end up on the actual show or the pre-show? It'll be a pre-show match. That's insane. It's insane. It, I don't, but I don't. I think right now, two hundred five live just doesn't have the steam that you'd hope it do, It would. And I again, you know, we we talked about it. You have two women's championships you have yep. the two main belts you have the taker match you have possibly a braun triple h match i mean that's six and you, right and you there. have the two tag titles two tag titles Plus a you special have, match somewhere. you have probably another special attraction oh match oh god this wrestlemania is gonna be so fucking long it's gonna be so fucking long dude and that's and that's kind of what you have the andre the giant battle royale which yeah. i think we assume will be on the pre-show too but you're kind of looking at all these matches and you're like well how can uh, how can a cedric alexander fit on the main card there and that's kind of what's disappointing yeah. a little bit but let but speaking of special attraction too, I know we're hopping around a little bit here. Daniel Bryan <coughs> is is he going to wrestle at WrestleMania? And well, if he does, what are they going to do? Well, if they're going to have him wrestle at WrestleMania, you know he's probably going to wrestle Shane McMahon. That would make the most sense, right? Or you do like Shane and Bryan against like Owens, Owens and Zane. Zane, right? Yeah, because as we've yeah. seen, Bryan again, just weird storytelling. Because for a while there, it's like. Yep. Is Brian on these guys' side? Is he not on these guys' side? Is he in qualms with Shane? And then also after the Rumble, Shane disappears, and Brian's like, you know what, Sammy and Kevin, you guys fucking suck. You're gonna <laughs> wrestle each other. Blah, I'm gonna make your lives hell. And it's like, is he who? Okay, now he's like back to normal Daniel Bryan. So yeah. I mean, but I I do think that we do get Daniel Bryan wrestling at WrestleMania. I really do. I think that's a a, a pretty big possibility or maybe as like a ref i don't know i know that i don't think that yeah. they'll do a, a a shane and owens angle again we've seen that a little too yeah, much yeah yeah the they kind of tipped their hat for that during the fall and the, like it, you can't really go put the genie back in the bottle after you do a hell in cell no you can't you so, really can't so what do you so i think what makes the most sense is those four are probably going to be intertwined in some sort of angle in yeah. some way or another yeah I, I think a tag match would probably be like the best bet for right that. because then you're we talked about this, right? Yeah. Was this at the last Scrabble Talk, or was this? You have a couple of, okay, I under I, I totally understand uh-huh. being able to um, pass, you know, you know, get cleared, right? Uh-huh. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand, and again, this is, again, I don't have experience in this, but it's like, how are they, how, like, what are their ramifications, you know, how are they looking at Daniel Bryan? It's like, you are cleared, you are not cleared, because are they looking at these tests that, 
they couldn't conduct earlier? Like, how are they? I I don't know. So then you look at that, uh-huh. and remember a couple years ago we talked about this. Bret Hart wrestled Vince McMahon yes. at WrestleMania. Bret Hart ha- Bret Hart was like he looked like he, he had a fucking stroke. He looked like he had had one fucking six hours prior to that, <laughs> dude. And he got cleared to have you know at least yeah. get in the ring. It wasn't like an actual like fucking you know hardcore match or anything, but. It's well, like, it was a hardcore. Rules it was actually match. a hardcore yeah, rules was, match. You know. But I mean, you know, he's not like doing fucking suicide dives and shit. But you look at that and you're like, how the fuck can they sign off on that? And then here's Daniel Bryan, who you can maybe, maybe not put in a tag match or have minimal bumping in a match and be like, nah, well, we're gonna wait on that. And I understand it's a different yeah, time. It's a different time, right? Yeah. Because of lawsuits and things like that. But at the same time, you're like, okay. So there's all these questions about Brian being cleared. Is he not going to be cleared? And at this point, it almost feels like WWE is just trying to work us. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, who who knows where it's going to end up being with with those four guys there on the card. But that might be like that special attraction match that we talked about. Um, it, there's going to be a lot of fucking matches on this card. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be a lot. You're going to have Miz with the Intercontinental Championship. I don't know where they go there. Do they go Elias maybe because they might have a built-in angle there where Elias was using the Miz Tourage while he was gone. Yeah. I mean, you could probably turn – I mean, you don't want to because Miz is such a good heel, Elias is such a good heel, but you could probably turn either one of those guys. Um, there's opportunities there. And then you look on the SmackDown side with the United States Championship and you've got um, Bobby Roode. Current champion, yep. Um, so – who knows what they what they do there? Um, I assume at some point, aside from the battle royale, they might have another matchup where it's a fatal four way, or they try to just you know fit a bunch of guys into one match for one. You could belt. probably do that with like the the Usos tag titles. Oh sure, right. You know where you could throw in like a Benjamin Gable, you throw in Rusev Day, and maybe like New Day or something like that. Yeah, and you could do like a big you know you yeah. could do a ladder match, or you could just do the this big scramble match. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a route that you could take. So that kind of makes the most sense, and like. Honestly, it seems like the Raw tag division right now really can't get anything going. Yeah, guys are always injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's almost basically injured. Um, the Revival keep on jobbing every week on TV. You can't really build a viable tag team there. Um, you do have like the Good Brothers for some apparent reason getting paired up there with Finn Balor. You know, what so, do you do with them? What do you do with Finn Balor? What do you do with the Good Brothers? I mean, are they together? Do you do Finn and Miz? Um, what do you do with Finn Balor? What, what if you did uh, Balor and like the Club against like New Day? Oh yeah, you could definitely do that. Yeah. That would make sense. A little interpromotional, and then what do you do with Seth Rollins? I mean, does he? Because he, he won't. He have, he won't have a partner. Yeah, then. that's definitely true. You know, Seth Rollins, you could always maybe throw him into like the IC mix or something like that. Sure. Or you know, you throw him. You, you, you find something for him. You know, you're, you're not too sure how long Jason Jordan's gonna be out. You know, he could come back in like six weeks. He could be back in three weeks. He could be back in six months. Wow. Yeah, it was just a you know I don't know for what apparent reason that tag team snick bit. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah. Snake bit. Yeah, snake bit. Oh, God. Speaking <laughs> of snake bit, all right, Nick, I got to ask you, all right? Yeah. Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. All right. What's going through your head that game? Beforehand, uh, I was like, I was talking with some people, and I was like, like, are you, are you nervous at all? And I was like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty big pessimist, so I'm going into this going – I'm almost absolutely certain that the Eagles are going to lead the like the entire game. Yeah. I was right. Yeah. They did. They looked phenomenal. You know, people they look really good. Again, you know, it's like, oh, they're the underdogs and all this and I'm like, dude, they have a complete team. Yeah. There's a reason why they fucking whooped Minnesota's ass in the championship Killed game. Killed them. You know, Nick Foles again, he was he was a backup for a reason, but if you look at Nick Foles' career, he played in Chip Kelly's system, which yep. honestly wasn't great for any quarterback. No. But Nick Foles had a great year under Chip Kelly uh, one year, had a couple of bad seasons, decided to leave, and apparently he said, I, uh, I'm i not going to play football anymore unless it's for Andy Reid or yeah. something like that. So he either – and that was – I can't remember if that was before or after St. Louis. But anyways, he goes and plays for St. Louis at some point, and they're just a really – oh, no, that was – yeah, that's how they <laughs> – that's how um, – he went from the Eagles to St. Louis because that's how they traded for Sam Bradford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he goes to the he goes to the Rams, uh-huh. and the Rams at that point were just a fucking god awful team. Yeah, you couldn't really you you had all the pieces there, you just didn't know how to use the pieces. Right, right. so it's like playing for Cleveland, right? It's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. what can you do here? Any quarterback's gonna look bad in that situation. Um, so he does that. He looks like shit for a couple of years. He's done. I'm, I'm done. I'll only play for Andy Reid. Uh-huh. Andy Reid's like, 
come on over to Kansas City. He plays backup in Kansas City because he had a couple bad years in St. Louis. They already had a quarterback there. They didn't need a backup. So Nick Foles is like, yeah, I'll do that. So then all of a sudden now he becomes a backup, opposed to being an NFL starter, which he was for quite a few seasons. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, the Eagles are like, okay, well, at some point they bring back Nick Foles. He's a good, you know, okay, we have our backup. Yeah, sweet. So what gets lost in all this is that he's been a backup for a few years now, mm-hmm. but there's never really been a time where, we're been, where we've watched Nick Foles and been like, yes, this guy is not an NFL starting caliber quarterback because he just played for a bad team. He was yeah. on a really bad team. So now – Wentz gets hurt, which a lot of people were saying he was going to be the MVP, whatever. And everybody's like, season's over. We're done. Our goose is cooked. Wentz is the only thing that was holding our team together, which is absolutely not true at all. That whole team, is their defense is fucking phenomenal. Go look at the stats. They're like one of the best defenses in the league. Their offense is great. They have a great offensive line. They have like two or three running backs that are just phenomenal. Yeah, three of them. The receiving core is fucking great. Aguilar, yeah. you've got you've got Torrey Smith who can put it together every yeah. once in a while. You've got Zach Jeffrey. Ertz. Yeah, you've got you got Zach Ertz who's like arguably the best tight end in the NFC. Um, so then you have Nick Foles. Yeah. You put Nick Foles in a situation where he has a phenomenal team around him, and yeah, you know, throughout the the end of the the, the regular season, he had some struggles, as you'd expect any quarterback probably yeah. that hasn't started a game in a long I like time. The biggest one that he had was against that Dallas team, which was better than a lot of people gave him credit for. They just couldn't get any traction this year, right? So then you look at uh, he gets to the playoffs, and he's just fucking gold, hitting these passes. Yeah. The the offensive play calling was just phenomenal. It was basically set up. You watch. Uh, there's a couple of times during the Super Bowl where Nick. Foles was, you were like, holy shit, that was a good throw. But uh, the offensive play calls, <laughs> you're, you're watching this and you're like, man, it feels like any quarterback could be slicing up this yeah. defense right now. As long as you are a fucking quarterback, you could be, you could probably bring Matt Flynn back. You could be slicing up that defense right then and there. Um, so I guess one of the things that really bothered me the entire time was just the fact that, and again, I get it. You know, everybody went in there and the Patriots were favored and uh, the Vikings were favored or whatever. But it's like I look at it from the outside looking in. I didn't follow the Eagles all year, but I'm just like, dude, you look at the stats of this team. You look at what Nick Foles had done in the past. I mean, he has it in him to be a phenomenal quarterback. I'm like, how can you count this team as an underdog? I mean, this Mm -hmm. team is phenomenal. This team is great. It's good for them that I guess they're in the locker room saying they're underdogs, getting each other pumped up and trying to put that chip on their shoulder. But yeah. But you know, I'm I'm going into it going, uh, man. How we how the Patriots looked against the Jags. I'm like, I just, yeah. I don't know. And then the whole Malcolm Butler thing came up where, yeah, that was really weird. Is there any like clarification of what exactly happened? There was a, a multiple things that we still haven't heard exactly what's going on. I know he's in a contract year. He had some disagreements with the Pats last off season. Um, he was apparently sick the week leading up. He had missed a couple of practices. He was a day late to Minnesota because of the the sickness, and there was rumors that he had also some sort of disciplinary thing, even though Belichick said it wasn't disciplinary. Well, I mean, and like, to the, me, only, the only disciplinary thing would be, like, possibly missing the team playing, right. and that that's it. But if like, if he's not able to go, like, health-wise, then I would you really want him infecting your whole fucking plane? Well, why, well and here's the thing, too. Why, if he was that sick, why was he dressed on the sideline, yeah. ready to go, crying during the national anthem, knowing he wasn't going to play? You know, it's like, and it sucks because as much as, you know, we want to admit that, you know, Bill Belichick is one of the greatest minds in NFL, you look at some of the decisions he makes sometimes, and I think he tries to get a little too cute, right? Yeah. Oh, you know, Eric Rowe can step up to the plate. You know, Malcolm Butler had an off year. But it's hard to deny that he is absolutely, without a doubt, the Patriots' number one cornerback. He's by far their oh, he's fe- way better than Gilmore. Yeah, and he's their best <coughs> tackling defensive back. He can yeah. make open field tackles, which they were struggling with when it came to the run game. Yes. Or or um, yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. So what they did is what Alshon Jeffrey was just punking Eric Rowe at the beginning yeah. of the game. Like he was just you know shooing this dude away. They decided to put Gilmore on him, which made sense because Gilmore is a better cornerback than Rowe, and Gilmore has the height advantage too. So he can pair up with Jeffrey. But then you look at Aguilar, Ertz. You have all these other guys that are just getting torched. If you would have had Butler in there, that would have at least allowed you to shut down another one of those wide receivers and also a guy that can make the fucking tackles, which the Patriots were not making during that game. So that's a big storyline coming out of it too. I'm just talking now because I'm I'm kind of venting because I haven't oh, had anybody okay, talk man. about. It. But the but the bottom line is that you look towards you know the Patriots finally making their comeback. I think they get their first lead of the game in the fourth quarter. They, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. 33, 32, something like that. I don't remember what the actual score was, but they were up by one. And um, 
you know, uh, the Eagles go down, just chop up this defense again. It's funny, too, because Matt— They Matt, had a really good drive there. They, they, they did. took up, like, eight minutes on that clock. And you look at, like, Matt Patricia, he's coming out of here, like, the hottest coaching prospect, and his defense gives up, like, 40 points. It's it's kind of funny, but in, like, 7,000 yards. Yep. But um, but you look at that, and then all of a sudden, okay, we got just over two minutes left. Brady has to come down, and uh, I think they needed a field goal to— No, they needed to get—I think they needed to get a touchdown. I can't remember for certain, though. Yeah. Um, but uh, they were down five. I they were down by five. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah, they need a touchdown to win it. And uh, everybody's like, "Oh, giving Brady too much time." Yeah. And I was like, "Have you guys been watching this game? I know that Brady threw for over 500 yards, but he's been getting laid out yeah. like every play. Yep. You go back and watch the historic Super Bowls. I mean, if Brady's getting knocked on his ass, they don't win those games. Yeah. And he had a great game: three touchdowns, no picks, 500, uh, plus, 500 yards. plus yards. But you watch every, like, dude, literally every pass play, this dude's ending up on his ass. Yeah. Like, every play. Which is kind of crazy, too, because, like, you start really kind of breaking down that tape, too. Like, majority of that are, like, 20-plus yard throws. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, though, he's got to get that ball out super quick for yeah. that. So you're you're hoping a guy like Hogan, a guy like Grunk, you know, James White, stuff like that. Even Philip, especially after what happened with Cooks, which, like, you know, you have to say that play really kind of changed. Probably the game. changed the game a little bit. It totally changed. Yeah, you lost you lost your your best receiver there. Yeah. Uh, for the Patriots, but then you, you know they're coming down on that last drive, and I'm just like, dude, I don't know. He's been getting laid out so much. They're going to be really bringing the pressure now. Yep. Um, he's got two minutes, which means he has to somewhat look down the field just a little bit more. Yep. And uh, and yeah, then all of a sudden the first sack of the game comes up. He fumbles. You know, um, and, uh, you know, at that point, you know, I know they had an opportunity there at the end from the 50-yard line to toss up a Hail Mary, but, but you're, that's, yeah. that's that's just – we've seen it a couple of times. I know that Packer fans have been spoiled with Aaron Rodgers doing it a couple of times, but that does not happen very often, folks. No, especially when you got a guy who's like 40 years old yep. throwing the ball 50 yards that far up. Yep, and, uh, you know, I think, again, a lot of people really like Josh McDaniels. I think he's a good offensive coordinator. I again think sometimes he gets a little too cute. Like there was that, there was that reverse pass to Brady. Yep. You know, and I again, it's it's fun, right? It's it's a good way to catch another team off guard. But at the end of the day, to me, you look at that and you go, okay, we have arguably the greatest NFL quarterback of all time, Pro- probably top three at least right now yeah. in the game. And it's like third and short or something like that. You know, this is probably it's a crucial early game drive, and we're just gonna we're gonna rely on him catching opposed to him throwing. I'm just like you know, I, no I it doesn't make sense. It makes yeah. you know, and everybody's looking at Foles and stuff like that, and it's like there, there's just a difference there because there's a big difference because Foles didn't have to go an extra couple yards. He didn't, and the ball was actually put right in between yeah. his numbers. Brady had to catch it over his head. Shoulder. Yeah, but but I'm just I'm looking at that. and I'm going again. You're trying to be too cute. You look at the. Um, what was it, fourth and one or whatever, and they ran a reverse sweep to, to Brandon Cooks where he tried to leap over the guy to get the first, and they didn't get it. Yeah. Again, you look at that and you go, okay, it's fourth and one. We only need a yard, or we only need two or three yards. Yeah. But we have the fucking best quarterback in NFL history or in the game right now. Put the ball in his hands. Yeah. This is a big play early on in the game to put up some points, get us get us a lead, get us closer to the lead, knock down the lead, whatever. And we're going to run a reverse and we're going to run a weird flea flicker thing where our quarterback's going to try to catch the ball? Uh-huh. What the fuck? If Brady would have caught that ball, it's not like he would have gotten a touchdown. There were, there were safety. They would have fucking took his head off. Yeah. Dude. Where are you guys going to be at that point? What are these play- and, now, yeah. and here's the other thing. Now all the Colts fans are like, oh, shit, we missed out on Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Go watch what happened to the Broncos in the late 2000s and then tell me if you really want Josh McDaniels as the head of your team. I'm a Patriots fan. Josh McDaniels, yeah, he calls good plays sometimes. I like the role that he's in. But Jesus Christ. If 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 Robert Kraft went to Josh McDaniels was like, I'll tell you what, brother, if you stick around with us, you can have the keys to the franchise after Bill leaves. I'm not I'm I am not watching the NFL ever yeah. again because that, that uh, the team will fucking suck. Okay, okay. So so think about this, all right. If you want to play NFL conspiracy theorists, right? Let's play this a little bit. So, leading into the Super Bowl, there seemed to be a rift between Belichick and Kraft. Yep. Is this Kraft actually making a power play? It, honestly, it could be. It could be saying you're like, "Hey, Bill, I know that your days are numbered. I know that you've been considering retirement for a couple of years now. Are you know? I know Brady says, says he wants to play till he's mid 40s, but just realistically, that's not a thing. No. 
Um, are you going to, you know, it might might be him kind of like, hey, just to let you know you're not that awesome, I have a guy lined up that's going to take your spot once you leave. I mean, it, that literally could be what it is. Yeah. Is that what it is? I have no idea. Um, but, you know, that Super Bowl, it was a phenomenal game. It was very, very fun to watch. Yeah. It was frustrating from the, the side of a Patriots fan. But, boy, did the, the, the Patriots play extremely well uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense was just, I don't know, I don't know what happened. I really don't know. Um, it couldn't stop a nosebleed. Doug Peterson's really that great of a play caller. He might be, right? And uh, he went forward on a couple of really key fourth downs. If he wouldn't have gotten those, we'd maybe be talking about a whole different fucking yeah. story. Their rookie kicker uh, was phenomenal. He was yeah. making those Jake big forty-plus yep. yard kicks. So uh, even like Gakowski was missing some, yep. like you know, early extra points. Yeah, you know? yeah. And there was which... some talk about like the graphics they had in the field around like the thirty-five actually like hindering a little bit of. Uh, like the turf or whatever, but that's a different story for a different time. But I don't know. Like the thing I kind of got from the Pats game the most was the fact that Philly had a complete team yep. from start to finish. Yep. They knew how to use all their weapons and new England. They were, they were down their top receiver. Yeah. And I think that had a lot to do with kind of, cause you just put up Philip to set out there and he's not, he's, he's shit. Yep. Let's just put it like that. He's shit. He's fast. He's and that fast. Is it. But if you don't got a guy who's going to throw that ball very deep yeah. anymore, you know, so you kind of got to hope that you can get some other things. And it took like, it took the Patriots forever to get Gronk going. Yep. And once they did in the third quarter, the game kind of changed. Yep. Um, that was like really kind of their saving grace. If they didn't score there, like I think that game would have been well out of hand in yep. the third quarter already. And I don't know. It was an interesting Super Bowl. Um, the Justin Timberlake halftime show was just like there. I know a lot of people were ripping him for his uh, clothing choices. Yeah. But I've seen some of the things the people who were ripping him for his clothing choices wear on a daily basis, and motherfuckers, you have nothing to talk about. Well, I mean, it's fashion, man. It's, it's fashion. It's fashion. That's, that's what fashion is. I thought it was an all right Super Bowl act. Again, it was more yep. geared towards the, like, really younger cool crowd, yep. entertainment. Yeah, younger crowd opposed to, like, you know, because what I like from the Super Bowl acts is I like, you know, just, like, a good, a good, the light shows and all that other stuff is like, oh, that's kind of neat. But, yep. uh, you know, I, I always like to... I don't know. How I don't much, know what I like okay, to relax. Right. But. The, the crazy thing about that Timberlake performance was how much space he cleared in 15 minutes. Yeah. Dude. Dude. He like, was, like, all up and down the field. Oh, yeah. And he ended up in the fucking rafters. Yeah. Like, in the stadium itself afterwards. And that's, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, that guy's fit. That yeah. guy knows how to do it. I heard a lot of people that were like, man, I hope NSYNC comes back. And I was like. Why? I don't know. Well, because everyone thinks the original. It's kind of like the Rumble. It's kind of like the Royal Rumble when it comes to. Because honestly, that's how it is. The halftime show, people are always like, ooh, are there any surprises? Who's going to be the surprise? Who's it going to be? But they don't really do that anymore. They usually just announce the act and that's it. You know, Ryan Brown would have freaked out if, like, that the left shark would have showed up and showed its nipple. He's like, shark nipple. All right, cool. Well, that kind of really wraps things up here on Grapple Talk. You know, Nick, if you haven't had a chance to actually watch the Kenny Omega Jay White match, Watch that. Watch the fallout angle of that. Uh, watch like being the elite from that pre. Like, I did watch week. being the elite. That's one of the best storylines they have going on right now in the world of and, professional um, wrestling. It's very well. Known. Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega was announced for an upcoming ROH show. Yeah, Supercard of Honor, the yes. uh, WrestleMania weekend. So uh, last year they popped a pretty big number for that one, which was probably seven thousand. I I highly doubt they're not going to do anything less than ten this year. Which is kind of surprising that New Japan is willing to give away what they probably consider one of their top gauging angles. Um, I'm. <sighs> There is a part of me that's that's not surprised, because I, I think New Japan would be like, okay, could we put ten thousand in, or could we do it here in Japan, or could we do it here in the states? It'll probably make more money in the states than it would yeah. in Japan, to be honest. But exactly. So why be... not do it in the states, get it out of the way, and then do whatever you want after that? Yeah, sure. That, yeah, that that makes the most sense. And again, that's a really really hot storyline because the and honestly, it kind of revolves a little bit about around the bucks. Yep. I mean, you look at uh, Omega, and you're like, okay, yeah, at some point I could see him seceding from the Bullet Club. It kind of makes sense. Cody Rhodes is there. Who knows when he's going to leave? He makes It makes sense for Cody to be the kind of the the next yep. leader of the club. But then you look at the Bucks. They've been in it almost since, you know, for a, a long time. They're one almost of the like main reasons. One, yeah. They're almost one of the main reasons why the marketing's been so fantastic. So now are they going to pull off? Like, Are we going to get a Bushi, Omega, and the Bucks now as this new elite formation? Or are we going to get... Just a big, you know, uh, a big, what the fuck is the word I'm looking for here? <laughs> Clusterfuck? Clusterfuck, yeah, sure. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, you know, um, 
There'll probably be a bunch of new T-shirts coming out. That Neat. People, yeah. Always yeah, like T-shirts. That people will want to buy and stuff like that. But, Nick, we've been going like an hour straight. You need to get places. I need to get places. And it's been fun. Yeah, it has been fun. Make sure to check out the Facebook, facebook.com slash the Grapple Talk. Otherwise, Twitter at the Grapple Talk. Uh, make sure to check out the other shows that are on the podcast network as well because we do have a lot of awesome shows, a lot yes. of great content. Uh, the Ross Family Matters podcast only seems to get better and uh, more controversial because there's always fun little Facebook posts about uh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This past week was about a uh, show that happened over the holiday break. Uh, hopefully, we can get more clarification of that one. I don't know a pretty interesting one you know yeah that was an interesting one about uh people not paying people yeah um yeah who knows what's going to come of that and uh we also have uh the riley factor which uh ac riley releases typically after he goes to a show and does a review on it we've got rccw on friday which i know he'll be there for so who knows if he'll do one there um uh, more than likely i wouldn't be shocked or amazed and we also have uh rgg regular guy gaming me and him just released our latest episode on wednesday of last week or okay. this week or whatever whenever and uh and then we also have deach and dash who jordy lee um kind of taking a break a little bit from the podcasting realm but uh you definitely know once he gets back on it it's going to be fantastic so keep an eye out for any new releases from him and uh yeah grapple talk network is doing mighty well these days yeah it's not doing too bad yeah cool all right so we're gonna we're gonna get out of here thanks again for joining us i'm nick ragner jesse von rudin uh we are wishing you a happy weekend and uh want you stay classy everyone hey everybody this is rgg from the regular guy gaming podcast on the grapple talk network i think it's safe to say if you like wrestling you also like games so join me and my co-host ragbag as we talk about old games new games games we love games we hate special guests interviews and of course ragbag's love for luigi mansion that is all on regular guy gaming check us out oh hello do you like talking about life and the fun you have with your friends and games you play with each other and memories you've had over the course of time (sighs) nothing's better than family folks and here at the ross family podcast we really love having fun myself jack spade victor ross scott williams a turtle Oh, come on, man. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, who the hell are you, Isaac? Hey, guys, this is AC Riley reminding you to check out The Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling.